this is about safety. I want to. Do we want to bring up the context of this? No. No, I think we do. <laughs> no, 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 not. In this, I think we do. Not gonna, we're not going to do that. We're no, talking about safety. This is how do we I not can't... die when oh we're online dating, and you cannot leave that tidbit out. Oh, nope. God. Nope. Nope. Oh, okay. Okay. So you, it took you a while to get here. Like I don't want to die. Yeah. But, I have yeah. been not wanting you to die for, <laughs> for eight weeks. Every moment of you doing your online dating. Uh, all right, for everybody out there, welcome to the Bumbling Idiots podcast. We're super excited to have you here. This podcast is about online dating and all of its uh, incumbent uh, disasters. So I'm Evangeline Jelly, and I'm here with my co-host, Sam, and she's going to kick us off on today's topic, which is relating to safety and online dating. Um. <laughs> You're killing it, kid. You're doing great. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. You're going to learn to be good at editing. Um, so, hi, Evangeline. Um, my favorite call of the day. Mm-hmm. I am uh, really glad we're sitting down to talk about this. I know it's been a big pressing issue for you. The um, question of how not to die when online dating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell me, tell me about that. How does that come up for you? Okay. <clears throat> so I have been trying this thing out on two different platforms uh, for, I don't know, maybe even two months at this point. Um, and I don't know what I'm doing. And I have made some mistakes and I recently became aware, I very nearly gave my phone number to somebody that I was able to do a background search on them before I gave them my number and found out that they had a elements in their history that I was uncomfortable with. And since then, I realized in a much more visceral way how unsafe this can be. And of course, it can just be unsafe going to your car at night in a parking lot. Um, but it, it just got me thinking about my levels of exposure. And so for the last two weeks, I'd say, I've been strongly considering just closing down the two accounts that I have. I've changed how I'm engaging in my conversations with people that I match with and um, changing some of my practices. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. It's a serious issue for anyone, but it is an extremely vulnerable place to be when we're reaching out to strangers and hoping that this magical thing of meeting someone we might find friendship or partnership or love with, um, hoping that might happen, mm -hmm. but also having to entertain the worst possible scenario in, in the backs of our minds. It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really serious issue. And you have, I've heard from you, your frustration that, um, that men don't really get it because they do not have that palpable threat when they're engaging in dating. They, most men have not had the experience that most women have dating in real life or in online dating. Um, just being in the world female is inherently risky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah. How did you respond when you when you figured that out about that guy? Um, well, I sat on it for a day or two. And I, th I think actually my response was, how do I exit this situation in a graceful way that um, is not going to make it strange if I run into them at like the grocery store? 
because they don't live that geographically far from me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I had not provided that much information about myself um, so that I thought that if they wanted to, they could bother to really locate me as it is. But but I, I really actually was thinking about how am I going to exit this so that if I do run into this person, I haven't somehow set something off. And so I just <clears throat> sent them a message and said, I just kept it simple and short and just said, I think it's better if we continue to communicate through the app for now. Oh, so, I that, so that's yeah. where he left it is him asking for your info? Yes. So he had asked for my info and he had provided his phone number. And at that point, it seemed much more efficient to just deal with being able to text somebody um, off the app. And now that's something that I have no interest in doing unless if I have a way to verify who this person is before I give them my phone number. That's my new my new policy for myself because it's pretty easy to throw somebody's phone number into a you know into Google or whatever and then their first name and find some information about them. Sometimes you can even find somebody's address right from the get-go. Yeah. Um, which I'm not that interested in knowing about, but as it turns out when I something in the back of my I don't know, like my mind popped up and just thought, I want to see what this person, what their story is. And I put in the information and found their name. They had kind of a unique name. So it was easy to, to just put the name in after that without the phone number and came across a couple of um, news items that made it clear that this is not something I'm comfortable with. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. The, the, just the issue of people wanting to move it off the app and, and exchange real info. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I, I'm casual about that because I think, oh yeah, it's weird to be meeting somebody at a restaurant and then having to check while I'm driving mm-hmm. or check the app when I'm going into the restaurant. Um, it's, I think it makes us feel more normal, like we have a normal date and in normal life right? <laughs> when we just like check a text and check their number. And I think that there is, um, I think there's almost just a laziness there to that because I can't myself see how it's worth the risk of somebody having my phone number or being able to figure out where I live or anything like that. Um, And I don't have hard and fast rules for myself. I usually go by feel. I'm kind of Mm -hmm. um, intuiting the choices that I make based on my interactions with somebody. Um, but it's, if there were going to be, you know, rules of dating, I think it's a good rule of dating to, to just keep things inside the app until you've met somebody in real life. Um, because, you know, but I mean, alternatively, they can give you their information, um, and you can look them up, which is actually, (laughs) yeah, I think, I think, um, they're just all, they're also just all different kinds of online daters. And, you know, as I've kind of been <laughs> sharing with you, um, like the realm of normal, you know, just like this, when you, when you're kind of sharing, giving me, uh, sharing with me your experience as a new online dater, um, I've been doing this for long enough that I have kind of aggregate data, you know, where <laughs> most people do this or, or most people do that. And, very few people do some of these things, but also, I mean, it also depends on the person because I think each of us invites different behavior online. And, um, and so I've had generally very positive experiences, including men who say, 
if you're comfortable, um, could we exchange information offline? Uh, but I completely understand if you're not comfortable with that. Yes, and I support that. I totally validate. I've had a few people do that. And yeah. I just want to say that some of my desire to skip off of uh, the app is that I don't enjoy going on the app. And if I've made a connection with a person to the point where we might be exchanging information, we might be meeting up, the only reason I'm going on that app is to communicate with them. And I, I actually shut down the OkCupid account, so I don't remember... If I just open it, will it land where I last was, which would be in the texting area, or will it land on like the profile area? But on Bumble, which I am getting ready to shut down, um, I can't open that app without having to see somebody's profile. And, you know, if I wanted to, I could swipe left or right, but then there's just going to be another person after that. And then another person, and that's not why I'm going on there at that point. I'm going on to try to communicate with this person that I am making plans with. So that's the first reason why I like the idea of being able to move communications off of the app. And yeah. the second thing is if I'm meeting up with them, there's still the cringy, uncomfortable, do I look like somebody who's going out on a date factor? And I don't want to be standing outside of wherever I'm meeting up with them, like a cafe or whatever, and opening up the app, especially one that's sort of declarative <laughs> with this yellow and having people walking by and have it be, you know, not that anybody gives a rat's ass about what I'm up to, but I'm embarrassed. And there's some aspect to it where if I'm just opening up my regular messaging app on my phone, I sort of feel like this is okay. I, I could be just meeting an old friend. And that's kind of how I walk into these things. Cause I don't, I don't want to give off this vibe of, um, you know, uh, first dateness. Um, so I feel much more comfortable walking in like that. But um, so those are kind of the reasons why it was easier to to do that. And I, I have definitely had a couple of men offer their numbers and say, if you're comfortable doing this, and that's always an indication to me that they have an understanding that I am taking a risk. So it's not that all men don't understand that the women are out there with different, different risk factors happening. Um, but there certainly seem to be a number of men who are bright and well-established in the world in terms of the jobs that they claim that they have <laughs> and whatever their history is, whether or not they were married for a long time previously, um, who, who don't seem to understand what's going on and that there are little flags going off that they may not even know that they're, they're, they're raising um, that caused me to sort of set, set, take a few steps back. What about you? Um, in terms of flags? Like red flags? Well, but I don't mean huge red flags. I mean little red flags in the communication that as a, when a man, maybe if he was to say, well, why don't you give my number and I'll call you, as opposed to here's my number if you would like to communicate with me, if you're comfortable with that, that kind of a thing. Yeah, I, th I, think, I think it's subjective. I think different types of behavior work for different people because, you know, or obviously we'd all be seeking the one one person on the planet that's fantastically perfect and you know so fortunately there's somebody for everybody and all the variations of of you know of what that is um so i think some people like directness and i think some people don't so i think um sometimes it can come off as abrupt when people are direct and for other people that's efficiency you know mm -hmm. So uh, it's really interesting. And I think, you know, the interpretation of both of those things probably depends on, you know, the mood of, of the eyes of the beholder. So often I think that's the case. Um, so sometimes, you know, I'll, like, like, like any conversation, sometimes I'll pause and go back to it later and see how it looks to me if it looks a little odd. Um, but 
Yeah, in my experience, if somebody, if we haven't spoken much at all, and they they're they wanted to have my number, I don't usually respond to that. It it really interactions yeah. need to make sense to me in order for me to respond to them. Yes, and so actually, this is an interesting point of abrasion for me, which um, is that I had a person that matched up with me on OkCupid and. I don't remember if I sent him a note first or vice versa, but it was very basic, whatever it was. It was like one exchange of information. Literally the first thing that he wanted to ask me was about my children and how many I had and what their ages were. Yeah, and, I remember that. Um, so this this person that I knew nothing about whatsoever, I mentioned the fact that I have children because uh, it's a little box you can check on these profiles, but I don't say anything about them. And I do understand that somebody that, theoretically you might want to date me may want to know that they <clears throat> it gives context to what my life looks like in my level of availability but you if I was standing in line in the grocery store and a man walked up to me <laughs> and asked me about my children out of nowhere and whether or not how old they were and how many I had I would feel very affronted and that's basically how I felt with this person I just felt like you haven't bothered to spend the six minutes of your life that would be necessary to have a few texts exchanged back and forth where you demonstrate some acknowledgement that I am a human being on the other end of this process before asking something incredibly private about my life, like my children. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that. And I, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, yeah. I thought about it when you brought that up. Because I think I do have that interaction with people often, and it doesn't bother me the same way. But I completely understand what you mean, because it isn't like real life. And I think that's part of the online dating world. You know, it's like when you are more and more indoctrinated into this, mm -hmm. it, there are certain things that become normal that are definitely not normal in real life. Like, that's why it's different. It's, um, I think some people... Um, there are like really direct questions that are asked when I'm interacting with people like, you know, are you done wherever my location is? You know, they want to know if I'm there full time or if possibly I'm ever near them, you know, like, mm -hmm. well, or I ask that question. I, I'm like, why would they match with me if they don't live anywhere near me? So I'll, I'll ask, you know, like, are you, are you here? Half, you know, are you here ever? Are you here often? You mm -hmm. know, and um, that's before I even know if I want to engage with them so it's a very similar thing and I think that the children and ages is another huge deal breaker and I think that people have been dating for a while you know it's it, it's as though you, you met someone at a party and they're flirting with you you know and you you're intrigued and you you make an effort to talk to them and you you really enjoy the conversation then afterwards you find out they're married you know and mm -hmm. it's like or you know you find out that you know they don't live here which is like a very disappointing reality but married is like an unacceptable you know right. detail that someone should probably share if they are asking you out or flirting and you know yeah I guess it would be the like the asking you out in real life and then finding out later like oh they're actually married and they're like oh does that matter like yes hell yes that matters you know <laughs> that is actually fairly significant <laughs> yeah so that would be like I think that's that's a, that's like almost an equivalent because it's some profile I had like didn't mention the kids perhaps I don't know I think I always mention that I have children because it's usually a selling point for other parents mm -hmm. like I prefer to date parents than mm -hmm. non-parents and uh finding out what their ages are is an enormous um 
an enormously important detail because with mine being older, um, mm -hmm. college age and last years of high school, I'm in a really different place in life than kids who are just going to school or, mm -hmm. you know, grade school, not even near high school, because that person is going to be largely unavailable. And if I'm in their lives, uh, it's a, there's a good chance I'm going to be a significant part of those children's lives. Mm -hmm. um, so I think people want to know right away, like, do I get excited about this person or are they completely a non-option for me but, right now? And I agree with you. This is really important information. Like it's as basic as, you know, geographically is this feasible. Um, so I don't fault the person for having wanted to know this. What, where I find fault is, and I do understand that it's more efficient just to get these questions out there, but there's an aspect to it that's not acknowledging the other person's humanity. And I think that that's one of my greatest um, challenges with adapting to this way of interacting with people is it seems to be stripped of a lot of the human quotient. There's something extremely transactional, or at least that's how I'm experiencing these texts. And so when this man did that, and this was this, the first question he asked me, it was very offensive to me. And um, even though I, I, value the fact that this is important information for him to contextualize whether or not I will fit within the parameters of what he's looking for. I'm coming to appreciate that the experience that I'm having, at least so far, on these dating apps is that people seem habituated to the idea of looking for reasons to weed somebody out rather than to expand and learn something new about the people that they're communicating with mm -hmm. and it's it's just so different you know you you're left with a lot more ambiguity if you were to meet somebody at, at a party of some sort um you know in the random happenstance that does happen out there and certainly happened with a lot more frequency prior to these apps being available you would begin having a conversation and you're you're sort of moving off of the the kismet that's happening in that moment and then you learn, oh my gosh, this person has kids and they're so young. And, you know, and then, but at that point, you, it's also in the context of how well you've already connected with that person. And so instead of thinking, well, that's that, and you just like throw them into the next ocean you happen to pass by, you may want to explore that more because this person, though they don't fit exactly in that way, or maybe they're not really into bowling and, and you love bowling and that's how you spend six nights of the week bowling and they, they don't bowl. Um, you know, if you were doing this online and you found out that this person doesn't bowl, that immediately drops them to the bottom of your barrel, as opposed to thinking like, maybe, maybe they're going to want to learn how to bowl with me, or maybe I'm going to take, you know, change things. It's just, it's just a different mentality. And I think that the way that people do this and all of us seem to be transactionally dropping people off by saying, well, they're not meeting this criteria that I have in my head to an exact T, um, is getting rid of the actual spirit of, of human connection and, it's failing all of us, or at least me. Yeah, I think I think you're getting to a larger point about online dating, which is the dehumanizing aspects of it. Yeah, um, the abrupt questions, people disappearing from a conversation. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, having to use the app and see a whole bunch of fresh faces just to continue your conversation with someone you're actually going out with that night. Yeah, like those are all very dehumanizing and and it's why in my opinion it's so hard on everybody you know nobody i don't know 
anybody who's like, woohoo, I love online dating. <laughs> Everybody returns to it for one reason or another, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's been surgery. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> surgery, you know, single is the worst thing ever. But also, actually, I just really enjoy a lot of activities shared with others. Um, so that's, those are like the, I guess, motivators that will like just get me back up off the floor and be like okay I really need to deal with this but (laughs) (laughs) I'm willing to tolerate going through all this dehumanizing experience in the hope that I will make a connection with a new human being yeah and I think that a lot of us have ways to keep ourselves protected from that dehumanization um that we you know find over time and I think that that's what you're encountering like I think I think a lot of people just feel like, well, I do. I don't, I don't want to engage with somebody that isn't really a viable option. And over time, those criteria have changed. So right now I'm far more open to different kinds of people, different ages, different locations, because I have more freedom with my life. But when I was a full-time parent of young children, Mm -hmm. I had very limited amount of free time. And so I was looking for people that shared my very specific activities. I was looking for people who possibly didn't have children because they would be more available while I was not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all these criteria change over time for me. And I assume that that might be very similar for others as well. Well, it's interesting because you mentioned that you develop coping mechanisms to deal with the dehumanizing aspects of using these tools. And the sad thing is, I think that I watch myself, I watch the experience I'm having, and I'm watching how I'm changing in my expectations and interactions. And I can see that I think what happens is that people change and become that which they initially don't like, you know, I, I, I haven't done it yet, but I could see the inclination is there. I'm not that interested in investing too much in a conversation with somebody on the app because I really don't think it's going to lead to anything. And if I bother to make some sort of a connection with somebody that might cause for hope and to have that fail again is, you know, without even trying, you know, without even like the most basic connection, um, that's hard. It's hard to keep doing that. And so I think over time you just maybe, who knows, check with me if I keep up at this, i turn the apps back on you know maybe three more months into doing this I'm going to be the person who abruptly just says to somebody well do you have kids how many what ages <laughs> yeah well I mean that that's been my experience is is often when you are sharing things that you um don't enjoy have issue with you know about the online dating I'm often sharing with you like oh actually I do that you know I'm mm. I'm I can be abrupt with people um but I think it's I try not to. So I do think it's, it's one of those things that's, it's subtle and it's a way to discern between all the people online is how they ask these questions and how they treat you in these initial conversations. So I would go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, no. You were, I was, I interrupted you. Well, I think, yeah, I think that there are a lot of subtle things that occur um, in these initial conversations that for me are indicators of, is this person somebody that I would like to meet in real life or not? And I agree with you. If it's, if people are abrupt or bizarre, um, 
then yeah there might be someone who's like just walking up to you and being strange in real life too <laughs> um if but I, I try to have a lot of empathy I try to leave a lot of leeway and imagine like oh well you know perhaps they had a bad experience last time or you know maybe they're short on time right now maybe they're driving texting mm-hmm. um but in general the people I go out with are the people who send me very very thoughtful questions and like a very thoughtful opener from mm-hmm. after that initial match and that that impresses me impresses me in in the way that it says okay they're they're pausing their life to reflect back to me why they're interested and right. that there's it's extremely valid and it, it's humanizing so I, I I then pause and and think oh this is such a thoughtful first message you know they don't know me at all they're interpreting me from whatever I happen to put up in this profile mm-hmm. which always feels like you know best guess you know whenever I'm re-entering this this crazy world um, and when they are very thoughtful about it and it doesn't look like a copy and paste then mm. I'm more willing to engage in a thoughtful way right well and so this is the thing that brings me back to our actual original topic for this particular episode, which is this idea of how to be safe, safer ways to do this. Mm -hmm. And this isn't really a safety practice so much as a request to the world, (laughs) men and women both, but I can only speak from my experience as a heterosexual woman looking to connect with a man um, that most of the men that I have had some interaction with, I don't think that they're intending to do so, but they are communicating tiny things that make me not feel more safe. And those tiny things have to do with the level of attention that they're giving in, in their response or in their, their questions. Um, And it's not that I'm looking for somebody to, text with me frequently or to write huge tomes or to need to connect with me over a whole bunch of things it really is very basic it's not even about romance it's just enough humanity put into this that it feels like I'm connecting with a human being because if I feel like you're acknowledging that on the other end of this app is a person with vulnerabilities it makes me feel that it's not quite as likely that if I meet you for, you know, a coffee somewhere that you're thinking of how you're going to get me into your car truck, you know? Yeah. Um, Which I don't think most of these men, hopefully none of them are really thinking in that way, but there are predators out there. In the real world, we know how to interact with each other to help each other feel physically at ease. It has to do with the amount of space that we give between each other when we're having a conversation and the amount of eye contact and the tone of our voice and we're social creatures and we know how to do that. But in this format, the humanity is being lost and there's a lot of room for improvement. And one of the benefits of the room for improvement is not just that I'm more likely to say, yes, I'll, I'll meet you in the real world, but you're helping to create a better place in terms of, you know, person being more at ease. Yeah. I think the big question is how do we know, how do we, how do we decide that this is a safe interaction? So that's it for the first half of this episode. We decided to split it into two and release it over the course of two weeks. 
just because it seemed a little long and it's such a juicy topic that we wanted to give people the chance to really think about it in between. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening.